You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Hey, why don't we take a seat, turn to somebody, say hi, thanks creative team, you guys are phenomenal. As always, you can have your Bible, Jess. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. I'm excited. I get to preach on Mother's Day. It's awesome. First time, hey? And I, I, um, I was so excited to be asked to preach this morning. Um, and I figured that during, like, this is a really, really amazing Mother's Day message because it was done through a four-year-old um, talking to me and interrupting me and asking me questions and giving me um, advice on what to do, asking me which key she could press as I was preparing this message, reading next to me and all of these things that she was doing. So I figure that this is a this is a real Mother's Day message right here, and I've I have called it the real deal this morning because I figure that it really is. And I thought that you know when I was asked to do that, I figured that means that I have made it as a mum. Yep, I must have it all together super perfectly to be asked to preach the Mother's Day message. That's right, right? I'm not getting many claps there. Obviously, people really know me because the reality is it's far from the truth. And um, I'm not a perfect mum. Shock horror. Ben's just like gasping at the front here. Somebody get him some water. Um, and the doubt started to creep in as I was preparing this message and I was thinking, what qualifies me to preach to the amazing mums in this house, the amazing women in this house? What qualifies me, God? I, you know, what about the other day when I was at Katara and I was walking back to my car and Maddie just decided to headbutt me the whole way back to the car? Headbutt me! Because I didn't let her do something or whatever. I'm like, you, um, you don't have it all together. You're not a great mum. She headbutted you for like 10 minutes. It was a long walk back, let me tell you. And I realised that I'm, I'm not a super mum. And so I started to doubt myself and, and all the other stuff that is going on in my world. Like, what qualifies me? And you know what? We, I, I nearly gave in to that feeling. And I nearly went to Pastor Keith and said, you know what, I don't, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I've got it together enough to be able to preach to the mums in this place because they deserve, like, the best. And I don't feel like I'm the best. And so this morning I am here because I didn't give in to that feeling. To this morning... <laughs> This morning I'm here to tell you that I am not a perfect mum, but I am a real mum, and I have real issues, and I have real kids, and they bring with them real issues, and I have a real house, actually I have not very much of a house at the moment, and it has its own issues, and there's a whole lot of stuff that's happening in my world. So I don't know that this is going to be your conventional Mother's Day message, can we handle that? 
I'm not conventional, so that's okay. So I want to paint you a picture of me. And for some of you who know me really well, you're going to know some of this already, so I apologize. You'll be right, you can hear it again. But I've had a really hard couple of weeks. The last, well, it's probably been longer than weeks. It's, if I'm really honest about it, it's probably been a number of months. And so I guess I'm painting you that picture not because I want you to feel sorry for me. And no, I'm not comparing myself to other people who are probably doing it a whole lot tougher than I am. I haven't had a major tragedy in my life. I haven't had a major health concern, nothing like that. And for that, I am so grateful. But there's so many people who go through things every single day. We all go through life, and life can be really hard, right? Life can be tough at times, and that's the reality of it. It's not always perfect. Relationships are hard. Parenting is hard. Work can be hard. Um, you know, just doing life can be hard. Life can be hard. I'm just getting it out there this morning. I know it's not news to you. You already know that. In fact, sometimes life can be so hard that we want to pull up stumps, or for the mums out there, we want to close up the kitchen, we want to curl into the fetal position and just stay there for a while. Because life can be really tough. You know, this week I spoke to a woman who is fearing that her children are going to be taken because her husband and her are divorced and he has now gone back to live in the Middle East. And she is fearing every day that her kids are going to get taken away from her. That's tough. There are women and men in this place who are doing life tough with health concerns and health issues or finances or business that's hard or children that are a bit tough right now. And there's, every one of us has things going on in our world that makes life a little bit hard. And sometimes it feels like I'm in a giant hole. I feel like I'm in a giant hole and everything is just up all around me and it's so dark and I feel so alone and I feel like I can't do it anymore because everything is just too hard. And so, you know, particularly women out there today, mums, Single women, the girls out here, doesn't matter who you are, but you know what, even the men feel like this sometimes. And so we try to put on a face, and so we try to put on this persona or put ourselves out there to be all right. We've got it together, I'm good, right? You know, Ben will sometimes come home and I've had a really hard day and he'll be like, how was your day? And I'll be like, it was fine, that's it. Because we want to put it out there that we're all good. You know, everything's fine. I've got it all together. You know, we keep it together for our family. We put it out there that we're fine for our friends. We put it out there that we're fine for Instagram. We give them the best things if you're on Instagram. You know, and everything's good. We're all good. But this feeling of needing to show that we've got it all together all the time affects us way more than you would even know. So we're renovating at the moment. And when I say we're renovating, I really mean Ben's renovating, but I try to help a little bit every now and again. And so the other week, it was probably three weeks ago, um, we were renovating. And, and my jobs are like the really 
tiny little jobs. I was like sanding a bed and painting it, which is a very non-important job. But anyway, I like it. Um, actually, no, I don't. I hate painting. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, needless to say, the beds are not finished yet. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so we were renovating and I had finished my assigned tasks for the day. So I was way away from Ben and I came inside and I took off my shoes because I was done and I put on my thongs because, you know, that means you're done, you can't do any more work. And who knows that wearing thongs in a work site is not the best thing to do. All those tradies out there put their hands up. That's not the best thing to do, Jez. Okay, so we've established that I'm not a tradie and I'm not a good renovator. And I've put on these thongs and I went to find Ben. Now, a few days prior to that, Ben and a couple of guys had pulled out all of the floorboards in our kitchen and dining room. So our kitchen and dining room sits on top of our downstairs flat. So our downstairs flat lounge room is underneath our kitchen and dining room. And so all that was there were the exposed beams. Is that what I call them? Okay, that'll do. The exposed beams. And so I'm, I'm done. So I start walking. So imagine that this is our dining room and kitchen, okay? Exposed beams going across the floor. Ben's over there in that corner, and that's where I'm heading. So I step out onto the exposed beams. And I'm like, yeah, I've done this before. It's okay. So I just start walking out to him across the beams. Anyway, I lose my footing and I, my feet go down in between the beams and through the ceiling of the next, of the flat, and I land, thank you, and I land, there's more, I land on the beams with the beams on my arms. So I'm hanging through, yeah, hilarious. Thank you, Emma, for not laughing out there. I can see you trying to hold it in. Everybody else, you're all mean. However... I, so I'm hanging, all right? Now, Ben thinks I've just dropped something. So he's not even looking. He hasn't even seen what's happened. And I fall through, and I'm like, Ben! Sorry, I'm probably yelling too loud. Ben, get me out of here! And he's, he turns around, sort of like, anyway, my knight in shining armour who laughs his head off for a minute. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm crying and panicking because I'm like, it's really hurting. <laughs> he didn't take any photos of that. I'm grateful. Oh, says everybody. Oh, I can see who's like, you're on. So I'm hanging there and Ben does his thing and he pulls me up and I push myself out. I'm stuck still because the, the ceiling's like grabbed my legs. So he's pushing the ceiling back down and getting me out and all of that. And I get out and I'm really sore. And I've seen these bruises on my legs. And I'm pretty sure my bones are still bruised. And they're like really sore. And I've seen these big bruises come up here. And my arms, I have like the size of a beam across here. And another couple over here. It was really awful. And I was feeling really sore and sorry for myself. So I sat down. Ben got me ice, which I promptly threw back in his face. And I went <laughs> and I laid down on the bed because I was done for the day. That was it, I needed to lie down. I was really shaky and I was panicked and Ben was laughing and I just was not happy. Anyway, a little bit later, I just started to feel really sore on my side. 
Now, I'd, I had felt all these bruises and scratches on my legs and my arms, but on my side, I'm like, what on earth is going on? Anyway, I get up tent very carefully, and I go and I have a look in the mirror, and all of a sudden, there's this massive black bruise all around my side, because that's where the brunt of my fall had been. But I didn't realise that that was there because I was too busy concentrating on all the things that I could already see and the immediate things that I could notice on my legs and my arms. And this bit that was covered up, I didn't even realise, I didn't even notice. And you know, sometimes we go through life and we're saying that we're holding it all together, but we don't know the damage that we've really done until it seems like we're too far gone until it seems like it's too late to do anything about it. You know, some people may feel like there's shame or embarrassment or may feel like there is guilt or pride because we've held on to this persona of we're okay for so long. And... I know for me, sometimes I think, you know, I'm a pastor. People need to see that I have got it all together. People need me to be strong for them. And so that's the, the idea that goes on in my mind. And for each of us, it's different. Or it's been such a long time that we actually forget who we really are because we've made up this person who we show everybody we are, but we actually don't show anybody who the real us is because we've forgotten who they are. And so, you know, we worry that if we do show them now that they're not going to accept us, that they're not going to love us, that they're not going to want us in their world. And so we just think, if I stay perfectly still, if I don't move a muscle, then no one's going to notice that I'm not okay. But then we start pushing people away. And we start walking away and hiding and we continue to develop or stay in this persona we've made up because it's just too hard. And we move the identity, our identity in Christ further and further and further and further down. Because then that affects our relationship with God. Because when we do hear a word in church... We don't want to respond because people will see I don't have it together. People will think that I can't do what I need to do. People will think that I can't get up here and preach if I get down and am and, and a mess at the altar because that, that disqualifies me. People think, we all think that that's what's going to happen because I don't want to see that just maybe I don't have it all together right now. Maybe we're angry at God, or if we respond to God, then we're somehow going to let ourselves or our families down because we're showing weakness. And that's what happens when we're in that place of darkness and hopelessness and despair and feeling like we just can't do it anymore. And all of us, not just me, not just the mums, but the men and the single people and everyone here, we all have moments like that. But you know what? We don't have to stay there. And this season that I've been in for months now, you know, I feel God taking me out of that because I don't want to stay there. I don't have to stay there. 
So this morning, I want us to explore the practical ways of how we get out ourselves out of that place of darkness and hopelessness and into a place of freedom and light. So this morning, we are going to read from two kings. There's a bit of a theme going on this morning. We love themes. I mean, I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm seeing a theme hidden under there as well. We're reading from two kings, and we're starting at chapter 4, verse 1. And this is what it says. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditors, his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each one is filled, put it to the side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. There is so much in that story that I love. This woman had had a hard week. She had probably had a hard few months. Who knows how long it had been since her husband had died. And so now she was waiting for this creditor to come and take her two sons. As a mom, that disturbs me. That terrifies me. That she would have to put up with the thought and the process and the journey of thinking that her sons were about to be taken from her because she couldn't pay the creditor. What an awful place to be in. And to feel on top of that, like you've got nothing left. You've got nothing left in your house. Your tank is so empty and you feel desperate. She was desperate. She was so desperate. And at that place of desperation, she was screaming out. She didn't actually scream this out, but this is what I imagined she was screaming out in her mind. I don't know what to do. I need to get out of here and I don't know what to do. In my opinion, this woman had two choices. Her first choice and a valid option is to run away. Why not? Grab her two sons, get the tiny little thing. She's got nothing there. There's nothing in her house. There is nothing there except the fear of somebody coming to take her kids. Why not just run? Why not get out of there? Why not just get what she's got and run away? She's struggling to feed her kids. She might as well not be there. She's not going to be able to rest. So let's just go. And I think that that probably would have been a pretty good option. But option number two and the option that she chose to take was to run to the man of God, to run to the place where she knew God would be, to seek wise counsel, to go to a place she knew would yield answers. You see, this woman didn't have a perfect life. 
She may have been in this situation for a long time, yet she didn't cry out until she was in a point of desperation, as far as we know. And I can only imagine the battle in her mind. Do I ask for help or do I just leave it? People are going to know I can't look after my sons. People are going to know that I have got nothing left. People are going to put judgment on me. That's what's probably going through her mind. And yet the hardship, you know, it doesn't always hit straight away. Sometimes it builds up and it builds up and the, the challenges that we face get us to a place of desperation. And when we get to that place of desperation, we're crying out for a move of God. And our first point this morning is that whatever season, whatever situation we are in, we need to run towards God. We need to run to him who is our answer. We need to run to the one who brings life. We need to run to the one who brings, who brings us healing. We need to run to the one who loves us. We need to run to the one who brings hope, who brings peace. That's the person we need to run to. You can choose to run away. All of us can choose to run away. And what that looks like for each one of us is entirely different. It might be that we push people away. It might be that we stop coming to church. It might be that we stop reading the word. It might be that we stop praying. It might be that we just quit everything and go to a whole nother place. Whatever it is, we're trying to escape. It might be that we put on a different persona and pretend that we're someone that we're not because we don't want to face who we are right now. We need to run to the one who brings breakthrough. And today I want to encourage encourage us all, even myself, to remind us that in the good and the bad, we need to run to him. Don't, you don't need to put on a brave face all the time. And whether you've resigned yourself to the fact that life just sucks and we think that this is the way it's always going to be, well, I am telling you this morning that you need to run to God. I need to run to God. When we're in that place of desperation, God knows you. He knows everything. Absolutely everything. He knows. He knows how we feel and he knows what we need and he knows that we are desperate. The person, we as people who know God, you know, when we run, God runs with us. He's not leaving us. So why run? Because he's right there. He's right with us. He's doing this journey with us. He's always there. The Holy Spirit goes where you go. So when you run, when we try to hide, when we're, he's right there hiding with us. And he's listening to us say, it's too hard. We need to run to him. He's got the answers. Back to our story. So not only did the woman go to the place she knew she would get answers from God, the prophet Elisha, she actually did what he told her to do. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for the empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all of the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She let, left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her. She kept pouring. When the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Our second practical way to get out of this place we find ourselves in is to listen to and act on the word of God. 
The woman chose to hear the word and operate in faith, even though her circumstances and her mind was probably saying, you are crazy. You've got enough oil to fill a teaspoon, let alone the 50 jars that you've just brought into this house. What are you thinking? But she chose to push that aside. If it was me, I would be thinking that. She chose to push it aside and operate in a place of faith. God will never ask us to bring something that we can't bring. God will never tell us to do something that we can't do. You know, yet we might have to go to our neighbours and ask for a bit of help, but he provided those neighbours and he provided those jars to those neighbours so that she would be able to get them so that he could pour the blessing that he had for her when she stepped out and humbled herself and said, hey, I need some help here. God shows us what to do and he shows us where to go. And in this situation, he provided that. And she just brought what she had. She brought all the jars and all the oil. That's all he needed. God's just asking us to bring what we have. And sometimes it's not a lot. But he can use that to remind us of his faithfulness, his care for us and our life. Sometimes all we have is our voice. And we can bring it to him in praise and prayer. And we need to be real with him. Like I said, he already knows you. Stop trying to hide from him. Just come to him. I know for me, I was talking about this with somebody recently. The most amazing relationships in my life are the people who I can be real with. The people who I am authentic with and who I know love me anyway. God's exactly the same. He's just looking for people who will be authentic with him. Don't try to tell God that you're okay because he knows you're not. If you are okay, then that's great. Tell him that you're okay as well. But he just wants you to be real with where you're at every day. Tell him where you're at. God, I'm really struggling today and I don't know how to get out of this situation. God, I do not know what I am doing. God, I don't know what to preach on Mother's Day. He gives us the answers. A real and authentic relationship. Work together with God. He wants us to be real and doesn't then mean we stay in a place of desperation where everything is too hard. God will work in our life, but we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. Am I going to trust him? Even though it doesn't appear right now that anything's happening, am I going to humble myself or am I going to stay in this place of pride? Am I going to just stay in this place that's comfortable or am I going to step out in faith and do what he's calling to me, me to do? And there's probably a lot more. But it's the movement, the faith, the action, the submission, which is the key to getting out of that stuck place. And it's not just making a choice one time. It's making it over and over and over and over again because we know his word is true and we know his promises are true. And if we really believe that this is the truth, then we're going to stand on this despite how many times it takes us to make that choice over and over again until we get out of that place that we're stuck. You know, when we go to God, he hears us. Sometimes we need to go to the people like this woman did who helped her to hear from God, the prophet Elisha, someone we trust, someone who's full of faith when we're at the end of ourselves. But when we're in prayer, 
through the promises in his word, through other people who are wise and godly, through books that we're reading, sometimes in dreams or even in other creative ways, that the end result is always that God speaks to us. Luke 6, verse 46 to 49 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug deep down and laid a foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck and the house could not shake it. But could not, let me try that again. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like the man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Can I speak to the women of this house? You know, we are really good at making sure that everybody else is looked after. We are amazing at making sure that everyone is clothed and fed, whether you're a mother or not. We are good at looking out for other people. We are good at making sure they are prayed for and that their foundation is set on the right things. We are good at that. But we are not so good at looking after ourselves. We are not so good at making sure that we are healthy and that our foundation is firm and strong. We are not so great at that because we think we're doing the right thing by looking after everybody else. But the reality is that if you're not looked after, then everybody else is not going to get the best deal either. We need to make sure that we are solid and strong. Because when we've had a hard week or when things come our way that we are not expecting, we need to be able to not collapse. Whether it's self-doubt, health, finance, or just a really bad week, we can stand solid as a rock, firm and strong in the foundation that is Jesus, who is our world. We don't run away from him, but we run to him because we know that despite the mess around, we know he has the answers. And even when the answers are not quick in coming, we still know he is faithful, he is strong, and that he is working things out for our good. Which brings me to our third and final point this morning. Don't give up. Don't give up. You see, the woman in this story, she could have given up. She could have said, I'm done. She could have even just got the one jar or two jars she had at home. But no, she didn't give up. She said, you know what? I'm going to do what God has said to do because I know that I can do this because he is answering my, I am stepping out in faith and he will answer me. He will bring blessing. He will pour out a blessing on me. You know, I recently started park run again. And two weeks ago, I know, crazy, two weeks ago, Maddie did it with me. First time, she's four. And we were going along strong for the first K. We were awesome. And then all of a sudden, we got to about the one and a half K and she was done. She'd had enough. So we got to about 2.2 and we turned around and we came back because I was like, I'm not doing that. But I felt really disappointed because I wanted to keep going. Hazel was out there. She was running. She made it to the end. Come on, Hazel. And then the next week, yesterday, Charlotte came and she did it with me. 
And I kept saying to Charlotte all the way to the halfway mark, because when you get to halfway and you turn around, you're going to go home anyway. All the way to the halfway mark, I just kept saying, you're going to feel so good when you finish this. This is really hard right now and you're feeling like you can't do it. And I know that it's tough. I know your feet are hurting. I know that you feel like you can't do it. But you know what? You can do it. And we are going to make it to the end and we are going to do this together and you're going to feel so good. And you know what? I was speaking as much to her as I was to myself. Because I knew that by the end, I was going to feel so good because I finished what I started. God is great. He designed each of us in His image. He designed a journey for each of us to do and He does not want us, men and women, to give up on that. We're not going to quit because he didn't create us for defeat. We defeated the enemy. We're crushing him under our feet. We've been talking about freedom in this place. Well, I believe there is freedom here for us again this morning because we have victory over every battle that comes our way. You know what? I'm not diminishing the stuff that we're going through. I'm not diminishing saying that it is not hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but we can do this together. We don't give up. We keep pouring ourselves into what God's telling us until we get to the end, until we get the blessing that God's pouring out on us. You're not alone. And there are so many people around you. We are cheering you on. I know you are cheering me on. We're doing it together. We're standing together, reminding us not to give up. So women, I want you to stand this morning. Every woman in this place, let's stand. Come on. I'm going to speak some promises out over us on this Mother's Day. It doesn't matter if you are young or older, whether you've got kids or don't have kids. It doesn't matter. We are going to speak blessing out over you today because I believe that in this house, there is a blessing for you on this Mother's Day. Right? Do we believe it? I want to encourage us and I want to remind us first, men and women alike, that we need to run towards God in the good and the bad. We need to listen to and act on the Word of God, however it comes. And we need to not give up. Women of victory, I am calling you to arise. I am calling you to arise from the places that you find yourself in the seasons that you are in, the hard seasons, the good seasons, and to hear the word of the Lord for you. On this Mother's Day, I honour you. I honour you as women of this house. And I remind you of these things. You are perfectly designed and created. You are far more valuable than rubies and pearls. You can run towards God and into His loving arms in every single season. God is always there for you. He will always hear you and He will never leave you. God is your answer. He is your rock and your strong place. And He pours strength into you when you feel weak and makes you strong. God will never give up on you. God has a plan for you that no one else can fulfill. God loves you with an everlasting and unquenchable love. You are His daughter and in you, He is well pleased. You have the stamina and the ability to make it to the end. 
God is with you and He is calling you to Himself. Lord God, today I declare a blessing over the women of victory, especially this morning. May they know your love for them is greater than anything that they have ever known. May they be blessed and realise that we are in this together. May they gather along one side of one another and encourage each other in their faith and call each other to higher ground. I pray each of us would see ourselves as you see us, that we would not give up in the hard times, but we would declare the promises and the Word of God over every day. I thank you, mighty God, that we are strong. I thank you, mighty God, and I declare that we are full of hope. I thank you, mighty God, that you are doing a work in us and you are going to bring it through to completion, Lord God. And I thank you that today, Lord God, you are moving on every single woman in this place and every woman represented at Victory and every woman that is not here today, Lord God, that this blessing would go out upon them, Lord God, and they would arise to be the women of God that you have called them to be. They would see themselves the way that you see them. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare that you are our God, that you are our God. And we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.